Hit high in the air towards the left side, chasing after it is third short in that little Bermuda triangle. A diving stab by Robinette all the way in shallow left field by the line. What a play to end it. And Lawrence Tech takes this one on that marvelous diving stab. Final score, Lawrence Tech, Blue Demons, 8. Michigan Wolverines, 3. And that clip right there, courtesy of WCBN radio station in Ann Arbor. Thanks to the broadcasters, Austin Falco and Max Brill. And if you didn't know, last night, Lawrence Tech University defeats the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, 8-3. to What a win it was. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez. And joining me, as always, via Skype, is the man, the myth, the legend, and the foremost authority on NAI baseball. Cody, how are you doing today, man? I am doing well. I am thrilled to be here, Robbie. Lawrence Tech defeating Michigan. How big of a win is that for Lawrence Tech? It's a huge win. You know, they're a second-year program. It's going to help them tremendously with recruiting. It helps the NAIA. I mean, that's not just a win for Lawrence Tech. That's a win for the NAIA. It was really big for them. You know, it's, it's absolutely huge. The last time an NAI school defeated a mid-major was in 2013. Lubbock Christian defeated Texas Tech in a one-run game. I could not tell you the last time an NAI team won by five-plus runs against an NCAA Division I team. And if you're Lawrence Tech, that's absolutely big time for your program. Brand new, fresh, you've made some changes, you've got some new players in there, and Lawrence Tech beats Michigan. And this is a Michigan team that people, you know, will say, well, well, they're not, you know, they're 4-11. and 11. Well, they beat Stanford, who's a top-10 team in the nation. So it's absolutely huge for Lawrence Tech, huge for the NAI. I can't, you know, I can't tell you how many times you, as a player, sit on the bus, in the dorm, in the hotel room, and tell yourself, you know, with your teammates, man, if we could just get that chance, if we could just get that chance to play one of these D1 teams, I know we can compete. I know we can compete. And Lawrence Tech went out there and did it. And the night before, Baker took Abilene Christian down to the wire, ended up losing in 10 innings. So there's really been some great NAI matchups against Division One this year. NAIA baseball is really good. The high-quality level of baseball, we can compete with anyone in the country week in and week out. Absolutely agree. Before we move on here and get into the show, want to talk really quickly and thank everybody who signed up for our Madness Tournament, the NAI ball podcast bracket challenge absolutely thank you to everybody who did that we had over 180 entries cody it's huge man it's huge we really appreciate all the support and i'm looking to find out who's the best nai basketball whiz it's gonna be absolutely awesome i know so far when we are recording this uh, podcast i'm still undefeated i had loyola chicago winning so you know I guess I'm pretty smart. Hats off to you, Robbie. I know I've dropped two <laughs> games today, so I am not undefeated. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. Plenty of time to bounce back, but let's get into the show here. We'll start things off as we always do 
with last week in review, and we'll kick it off. William Jessup swept number 24, Vanguard. Number 8, William Carey won the series at number 15, Middle Georgia. Georgetown defeated Madonna. Indiana Tech won the series at Northwestern Ohio. Point won the series at St. Andrews. Blue Mountain swept Loyola. Westmont won the series over Hope International. Texas College won the series over Southwest. Corbin won the series over British Columbia. Number five, Oklahoma Wesleyan swept St. Mary. The Clay Pfeiffer Memorial Tournament, the standout team was Missouri Baptist. They went 4-0. At the Tucson Invitational, Mount Marty 7-3, Briarcliff 8-2. And then Warner University Tournament down in Central Florida. Warner defeated Bellevue in the championship 6-2. to Cody, what stands out for you? Uh, Missouri Baptist, you know, they started the year 0-6, and they're really turning it around. They have eight straight wins. They're over 500 now, and they're a team that's going to get back to their winning ways. Absolutely big to see Missouri Baptist get back to their winning ways. That's a team that a lot of people expect year in, year out to be competitive, not just in their conference, but around the nation. We'll move into our big series from last week. I'll kick it off with number 18, Texas Wesleyan, heading up north to Chickasha, Oklahoma, to take on USAO. Texas Wesleyan now 13-7, and USAO 17-2. and USAO in Game 1 defeated Texas Wesleyan 8-0. In Game 2, Texas Wesleyan bounced back with a 9-3 victory. But in the deciding Game 3, it was 7-3 Drovers. For Game 1, Francis Ventura for the Drovers. Seven innings pitch, two hits, five strikeouts, no runs allowed. USAO hit three home runs. For Texas Wesleyan in Game 2, they hit three home runs of their own. Donnie Lopez went three for four with three RBIs for his team in Game number 2. Jose Hidalgo, he was a player that we highlighted last week. That was really the first time this season he struggled. He went five innings pitched, ten hits, five earned runs. In game number three, Colton Horner, three for five with two RBIs for the Drovers. And Angel Reyes, a three-inning pitch save for USAO. Kiki Menendez, got to highlight him for Texas Wesleyan. He's having an excellent season. He had two RBIs in game number three. Six home runs, 19 RBI on the season. But once more, USAO takes that series two games to one. Cody, you had Loyola at Blue Mountain. Yeah, Loyola traveled to Mississippi over there to Blue Mountain. And Blue Mountain, a team that's receiving votes nationally, 16-5 on the season, they were able to get the sweep. Game one, their ace, Jonas White, continued to deal. He's now 5-0 and on the season with a 2.06 ERA in 35 innings. You know, game two was a little bit of the opposite. 21 hits combined for the two teams. Both teams left a ton of people on base. But it came down to a 10th inning game. Cameron Honeycutt got the game-winning RBI single to give Blue Mountain the win. And then game three, Josh Letson, another really good pitcher for Blue Mountain, got it done. You know, an interesting thing about this series, Josh Letson entered the game in the 10th inning and picked up a win, then went back and started the second game of the doubleheader, went 6.1 innings scoreless, picked up two wins in the day, two conference wins on the day. Just a really good day for Blue Mountain. They're rolling right now. This is a big series win for them. Like I said, they were 16-5. and They have Bruton Parker this weekend. You know, they're looking like they're going to be a team that's rolling into number one Faulkner, red hot. Well, a huge series win for Blue Mountain. Keeping things rolling here, OCU at Wayland Baptist. The Stars would take that series. They took game number one, 9-6, to six, game number two, 7-5, five, 
And then Wayland Baptist salvages game number three, 13 to 12. OCU now 17 and five, six and three. Wayland Baptist now 17 and seven, seven and two. Both those teams out in the Sooner Athletic Conference. For Wayland Baptist, a couple players to watch the rest of the way. Nick Rucker hitting 371 with four home runs, 22 RBIs. Greg Vinniclausen hitting 390, 11 home runs, 31 RBIs. Jordy Henry with a 270 average, 3-0 record in 26 and two-thirds innings pitch. Wayland Baptist is having a fantastic season, and they will continue to roll. OCU, as always, one of the best teams in the nation year in, year out. Lane Milligan is hitting 474. He's got eight triples, four home runs, 29 RBIs. Quite the year for Lane Milligan. Garrett Foster, 421, four home runs, 29 RBIs as well. And then Bryce Milligan on the mound, 267 ERA, 4-0 record, 27 innings pitch, eight walks, 37 strikeouts. And then once again, Oklahoma City University takes two games of the three against Wayland Baptist. Moving on here, William Jessup. At Vanguard, Cody, take it away. Yeah, William Jessup just keeps on rolling. Another sweep for them. I mean, they're looking like a powerhouse. Game one, one to nothing final, nine innings, great game. Ashkan Kualua went nine innings, three hits, eight strikeouts in the shutout. You know, his counterpart, Skyler Hill for Vanguard, pitched a really good game. Seven innings, one earned runs, ten strikeouts over the best offense in the country. You know, he pitched really well, didn't get the run support, ended up taking the loss. Game two and game three, William Jessup just put it on them. You know, they continued their ways, 29 hits in the next two games. William Jessup right now probably playing better than anyone in the country. Noah Shackles had a really good game, two for four, three RBIs. Pastora had a really good series, went six for ten this weekend with four runs. You know, Tyler Fujimoto came in out of the bullpen in game two. Four perfect innings, no hits, no walks, no runs. You know, William Jessup right now, they're looking really, really good. Jake McKinley is going to be most proud that you got Ashcon's name right. I'm not even going to attempt the last name, uh, but he's going to be most proud that you got the name right. You know, every week we're getting better here on this podcast. So, <laughs> Week in, week out, getting better. Our Twitter big series of the week was number one Faulkner at 14 Mobile. In game number one, Mobile wins that one 6-4. to four. Faulkner would win game number two 6-1. to one. And in game number three, it was 5-4 Mobile. Cody, tell us a little bit about how Faulkner went in that series. You know, Faulkner struggled to hit this weekend. There's no way fans are about it. They hit 240. There's a team that hits 330 on the season. Mobile held them to 240. Tech White was, had a good weekend. You know, he was able to put some at-bats together, went 5 for 11, a home run with three RBIs. And Tyler Thornton, their starting pitcher, the big guy keeps getting it done. Seven innings, one earned, four strikeouts in his complete game win. But other than that, man, Mobile had their number. Yeah, Mobile played really well, winning two of the three. A huge series win for them. Braxton Rhodes in game number one. Five innings pitched, two runs, five strikeouts. That's now 40 innings pitched on the season with 40 strikeouts. Game number two, Joseph Barnett went three for three. In game number three, Corey Wheaton four for five with two RBIs. The other guy to watch for Mobile on the season, Cody Cox. 359, three home runs, 20 RBIs. A huge series win for Mobile over the number one team in the nation, Faulkner University. Yeah, Mobile got that top 15 ranking, and they did not disappoint. You know, they're looking to keep climbing up the pole. Absolutely huge 
for them. Now it's that point in the show where we go over our surprises of the week. We'll start things off. Central Christian takes down number four, Oklahoma City. Our Lady of the Lake with back-to-back shutout wins over a powerful number 12 Wayland Baptist offense. Baker, as we said earlier, takes D1 Abilene Christian, who was 11-4 going into that game to extra innings. Texas College continues to roll in 2018. They've won eight of their last nine. Nine wins in 2015, five wins in 2016, and 14 wins in 2017. Texas College right now 13-9 and on the season in 2018 here, on their way to a big-time year out there in Tyler. Morningside, Iowa went out to California and played some of the best as well. They beat the Masters, St. Catherine, tied Vanguard. Unfortunately, that game tied at 6, and it was called after 10 due to darkness, and the schedule did not allow them to finish the next day. Freed Hardeman, outfielder. Now, this is one of the weirder stories. I'm going to let you explain this after this. Freed Hardeman, outfielder Darcy Moore, enters the game after as a replacement after an ejection. He goes three for three with the old elevate and celebrate three times. Yeah, just incredible, you know. He was able to enter the game. He got his number called, and he delivered. He went three for three in that game, homered. Believe it or not, true story, you can't make this up. In the second game of the day, he homered twice, finished the day with five home runs, didn't even enter as the starter. Probably the craziest story I've heard this year. It's insane. I mean, it's it's literally, you couldn't write something like that. It's it's crazy and more powerful. More power to Darcy Moore. I mean, that's that's huge. Yeah, interested to see his playing time moving forward. <laughs> I think it'll go up just a little bit. Really quickly, before we move on, another surprise, my own surprise of the week. Bethany goes down Oklahoma City into Jim Wade and defeats the Stars of OCU. A big-time win. Bethany head coach Jeremy Kennedy, now 6-2, and two against Oklahoma City University in their last eight meetings. So a huge win for Bethany right there. Yeah, big win for Bethany. Like you said earlier, a big win for Central Christian. Huge win. Got the home win over Oklahoma City. Gave their fans something to cheer about. You know, just a big week for these programs. Now we move on to our national hitter and pitcher of the week. As normal, Cody and I switch back and forth. Last week, Cody had pitcher. And I had hitter. So this week, Cody, you have the national hitter of the week. Who is it for you? And my hitter of the week is Alex Garland from George Burnett College. Just a monster week. Went 15-26, eight runs, three home runs, and 16 RBIs in five games. And he did it all against ranked opponents, Brian and Lewis Clark State. Those are definitely two big-time ranked opponents. For myself, I've got pitcher. I went with Sean Dubin out of Georgetown in Kentucky. Nine innings pitched, three hits, a shutout, 14 strikeouts, and a 2 nothing win over a very good Madonna ball club. Dubin on the season, a 0.66 ERA, three complete games, two shutouts, 41 innings pitched, 20 hits allowed, eight walks, 55 strikeouts. What a year he's having. Yeah, he's on his way to an All-American season. I mean, just incredible numbers. So congratulations to our Hitter of the Week, Alex Garland of Georgia Gwinnett, and our Pitcher of the Week, Sean Dubin of Georgetown. 
Now it's that time where we look at what's ahead of us, what's coming up, and who you should be watching this weekend. We'll kick things off out west. The Masters at number 7, William Jessup. Also games to watch. Southwestern Christian of Oklahoma at Wayland Baptist. Bryan versus St. Andrews. Pikeville at Cumberland. Georgetown at Lindsey Wilson. Lyon at Columbia. Freed Hardeman at Missouri Baptist. Weber International at Florida Memorial. Sterling at McPherson. Grandview at Clark. Concordia, Nebraska at College of the Ozarks. Robert Morris versus Trinity Christian. And Talladega versus Edward Waters. And we have some huge conference series here. we got a line at Columbia I'm really looking forward to. And another one, like I put on here, Weber International at Florida Memorial. That's a sneaky series this weekend, one that I think that's really going to deliver. Definitely some great series this week. But now we always pick three or four series on our own, and we've always got our fifth big series of the week. This week we, well, decided it without the help of the audience but our first big series of the week is a little bit different. Two teams that are making some moves here in 2018. It's Texas College at number 21, Texas A&M, Texarkana. Texas College will come into this series 13-9, and 3-3 and in RRAC play. A&M, Texarkana, 17-5 and overall. For Texas College, the boys out of Tyler, Cameron Feltz is hitting four. 14 with a home run and 12 RBIs. The other player to watch, and I hope I get this name right, Josiris Del Orb Martinez. 421, three home runs, 21 RBIs. Definitely wins the award for hardest name we've had to say on this show so far. For Texas A&M Texarkana, Bronson Butcher, 367, two home runs and 20 RBIs. This is a Texarkana team hitting 325 as a team. Nate McGee, though, on the mound, a 106 ERA, a 5-0 record. He's got one save as well in 34 innings pitch, seven walks, 32 strikeouts. That's going to be a big one in Texarkana between Texas College out of Tyler and Texas A&M University, Texarkana. Cody, you have Reinhardt at Tennessee Wesleyan. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's a huge matchup. You know, both of these teams are in the AAC. Reinhardt's coming in as the 23rd ranked team in the country, 18 and six on the year, undefeated in conference play at six and zero. You know, they're hitting 277 as a team. They're a really good strikeout team too. 226 strikeouts in 205 innings. They're getting it done on the mound. 3.76 ERA. You know, some players to look out for. They have a starting pitcher, Jaron Gifford, 208 ERA, 34 innings with 40 strikeouts. You know, Harry Berto Casola, five saves, 2.57 ERA, 23 Ks in 14 innings. Dude's almost doubling up. Caleb Swayze's a really good hitter. He's got five doubles and two home runs, hitting 360. Jacob Cagle has six home runs on the year. You know, he's one of their. And they're playing against Tennessee Wesleyan, a team that has won this conference 17 times in a row. That is not a mistake, 17 times in a row. Tennessee Wesleyan's coming in 14 and 11. They've played a really tough schedule, but this is where they mark their move in the conference. Al Cruz is hitting 403, 17 runs, five doubles, three home runs. Colin Ridout's a stud player. Dakota Phillips is one of the best catchers in the country. So this is a really big-time series in conference play. Tennessee Wesleyan wants to prove that they're the top dog in this conference and get that national ranking back. Yeah, that'll definitely be a big series at Tennessee Wesleyan between them and Reinhardt. Our next series takes us out 
to the KCAC out in Kansas. Number five, Oklahoma Wesleyan, and the team receiving votes, Tabor. Oklahoma Wesleyan is 22-2 and on the year, 11-1 in the KCAC, a 335 team average and a 254 staff ERA. Players to watch in this series, Tyson Cronin, a 119 ERA, 4-0 record, 30 and a third innings pitch, 29 strikeouts. In the batter's box, Colton Kelly, 373, 7 home runs, 21 RBIs for him. And then Nick McGrew, 478, 33 hits. That's a team lead, 1 home run, 18 RBIs. For Tabor, they are 13-10, 7-2 in KCAC play. Jackson Hogue. 375, five long balls, 20 RBIs for Tabor. Brandon White Knight on the mound, 182 ERA, a 3-1 record in 34 and two-thirds innings pitch with 40 strikeouts. And then Del Alicia Diaz, 424, four home runs, 17 RBIs. Tabor, Oklahoma Wesleyan going to be a great series out in Kansas. Cody, you've got us taking us up north here between Concordia, Michigan, and Uno, Northwestern Ohio. Tell us all about it. Yeah, it's a huge series between two teams in the WAC, two teams that are probably, you know, right now that are among the top four in their conference. Concordia is coming in, receiving votes nationally, 17-5, and 6-3 and three in their conference. You know, they just took Southeastern, the number three team in the country, who leads the nation with 30 wins, by the way, to two extra inning games. If you don't think Concordia is for real, you need to think again. You know, they're third nationally in the ERA with a 2.44. They're batting 2.93 as a team. Micah Edding is hitting 3.79, four doubles, 17 RBIs. Blake Milheim, 3.82, 23 runs, seven doubles. But they are led by their starting pitcher, Marshall Edding, the brother of Micah. He is a dude. 35 innings, 0.76 ERA, 45 strikeouts. People are only hitting 188 off him. One of the best pitchers in the country. And he's going up against a Northwestern Ohio team, the defending conference champions. They're kind of struggling this year a little bit, 14-12. They've definitely tested themselves out of conference, led by Junior Gomez hitting 342 with six home runs. Jose Paulino's hitting 306, seven doubles and a home run. And they got a dude of their own, Jacob Holcher, you know, 1.2 EO ERA. I'd like to see Oliver Mayu, 42 innings, 2.76 ERA. This is a really big matchup. You know, Concordia wants that respect to be nationally ranked. They can come in here and take the series over Uno. It's going to raise some eyebrows. Definitely will be a great series at Northwestern Ohio on the red turf. That's right. Is that correct? That is correct. One of the most unique fields in all of baseball. And the red turf of Uno. Our big series of the week. Number eight, William Carey will leave Hattiesburg, Mississippi and head to a very nice ballpark at number two, Georgia Gwinnett. I've got William Carey here covering them, 18-5 and five overall on the season, hitting 254 as a team and a 394 staff ERA. Players to watch in this series, pitcher Dylan Spires, a 1-2-9 ERA, 5-0 record, no starts on the season for him. He's got a 5-0 record with no starts, so coming out of the pen, he's got 10 appearances, one save, 21 innings pitch, 17 strikeouts. David Pimentel for William Carey, three home runs, 16 RBIs. He's hitting sub-300 right now. That will rise. And then Marcus Buckley, 317, 26 hits, 11 RBIs for them. I think it's going to be a great series. Cody, tell us more about Georgia Gwinnett. 
You know, right now their little freshman sensation, Cam Corsi, is just killing it, hitting four ninety two to start his college career. He is thirty for sixty one. I mean, just incredible. You know, he got shifted into some playing time when their All American Marcus McCorkle went down, and he has made the most of it. Now that they got McCorkle back, they just got an extra bat in the lineup. They played one of the best country the schedules in the country. They're just rolling right now. George Gwinnett, they're hitting three forty five as a team. Alex Garland, we mentioned earlier, four thirty, thirteen doubles, five home runs over thirty RBIs. They got a really good pitching staff. Gregory Lucanin, Cole Uvula, Hunter Dollander, Hunter Peck, some really good arms. Jordan Tilski, their shortstop, is also their closer. He's got it done with a one one seventy RA out of the bullpen with three saves. You know, this is a really good matchup. And as Perfect Game mentioned the other day, this could possibly launch yourself into the number one team in the country if Faulkner slips up. So this is huge. An absolute big-time series out in Lawrenceville, Georgia, and that's why it's our big series of the week. Now, unfortunately, some sad news to report. As most people know already, in case you don't, Augie Garrido, the longtime head coach at Cal State Fullerton and the University of Texas, uh, has passed away, and that's big for college baseball. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach of all time, won five national titles, and he had such an impact in the way the game was played and revolutionized college baseball, not just at the D1 level, but every level, and you saw people from professional to D1 all the way down to players and coaches in the NAI paying their respects today. Absolutely. He's one of the best coaches to ever do it. You know, he's taken 15 different teams to the World Series. And, you know, we're sorry to hear about his lost prayers out to his friends and family and student-athletes. And, you know, just a tremendous person and a tremendous coach. You know, I, I'm from Texas, and I, I grew up on University of Texas baseball. And 2004 and 2005, 2004 they lost to Cal State Fullerton in the national title. 2005 UT won it all, but I grew up on guys, you know, that really, that was the first time I really paid a lot of attention to college baseball and fell in love with college baseball were those years when you had guys like, nobody's going to know half of these names, but Adrian Alanis, Taylor Teagarden, uh, I wanted to be Chance Wheelis, you know, those guys really, for me, made a difference, and Augie Garrido brought those players into the University of Texas and had those special teams that were playing in the College World Series and playing for a national championship and winning national titles, so it really made me pay a lot more attention to college baseball and made me love the game even more, so definitely appreciative of everything Augie Garrido did, not just for Fullerton, not just for the University of Texas, but for all of college baseball. Yeah, if you ever have a chance, check out the documentary Inning by Inning, A Portrait of a Coach. You know, it's a movie filmed by Richard Linklaker. If you get a chance, really awesome stuff on Augie and the Texas baseball team, and, you know, I recommend it to everybody. Absolutely agree. Before we close out here, March is upon us. So, Cody, at the end of the day, who did you pick to win your bracket? I have Duke beating North Carolina in all ACC final, a little bit of tobacco road action. And, yeah, I can think Duke gets it done, the most talented team in the country. All right. Well, mine is plain and simple. I've got Villanova. Uh, I was the broadcaster for four years 
for Kaiser University. Of course, their longtime basketball coach was Roly Massimino, and he was a big-time mentor and friend to me on the broadcasting side and somebody that would always let me watch practice and all that. So he really showed me so much about Villanova. I've, I've found a love for them. Unfortunately, the University of Texas is not going to win the national title this year, so I've got Villanova uh, winning it all. That's a good pick. I like it. Absolutely. Again, thanks to all the people who signed up for the NAI Ball Podcast Bracket Challenge, and that will do it for us here. Cody, final thoughts? You know, we're into the conference weekends now. This is my favorite part of the year. We're moving closer and closer to that opening round tournament. You know, good luck, everybody, and I'm excited to see what comes of it. Absolutely agree. That'll do it for this show of the NAI Ball Podcast. Thanks once more to WCBN for allowing us that to use that clip. Congratulations to Lawrence Tech. Don't forget to follow Cody at NAI Ball for all of your news, scores, stats, and updates around the nation. And follow myself, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063. Let's talk a little NAI baseball. Until next time, this has been the NAI Ball Podcast.